This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome yep. to the Clay Young Show. Great to have you back again, folks. Hopefully you are enjoying your day wherever you are. We're glad to have you here on podcast225.com. And I am looking forward to the conversation today with my good friend, David Day of The Day Group. He is an advertiser, a PR guy, a brander, a motivator, a team coach, life coach, all of the above, and an all-around great guy. I've known David, I guess, 13, 14 years maybe, and he's always the same. Great sense of humor, strong, strong character. And I don't mean that he is a character, although some might say he is a character too, but he has strong character. He's a good family man, and uh, he's got great kids, great wife, and he is talking about a leadership opportunity for business owners. It's coming to the Baton Rouge area on Friday, May 5th. We're also going to talk about leadership in business, chew the fat about life, solve some of the world's problems, and have a great conversation. With that, we'll take a quick break. First, I want to remind you to hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to this show right now on iTunes, why don't you hit the subscribe button and catch the show every time a new one comes out. Every now and again, we get a special edition show that will come out on one of our non-regular days. You can also get the Waiting Room Podcast with Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez and Katie Fetzer. Come on, y'all. Shop podcast 225.com. Leave us a review when you're there. You can also uh, email me directly, clay at podcast. 225.com. Quick break and then back with David Day. This is Jeff Leduff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly Leduff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Back with David Day, the man behind the Day Group. Catchy, right? He is a great friend of mine. He's a brilliant marketer, brander, public relations guy. And that means a lot coming from you. And, well, because, you know, in this business, you don't give those kinds of compliments unless you mean them. And David and I have been friends for a very long time, and it's it's great to have you here on the show again, but for the first time in the studio. Yeah, this is cool. This is really great. Thank you, sir. You got to sign the door of uh, of fame there. I did. Oh, I thought you said it was the door of shame. No, it's That's, fame, and it's fame. <laughs> you are now on Pat Inglade's enemies list because he hadn't signed the door yet. So. <laughs> I don't want to be on any law enforcement officer's <laughs> enemy list. So, Thank you very much. How are you, bud? I'm good. You know, uh, you, you mentioned I, you know, I look like, uh, you, you know, you told me when I walked in the door, I look like you look like something weighs heavy yeah, on you. Yeah. Man, life is weighing heavy. And isn't it, it's weighing heavy on a lot of us right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. But it's good, though. I mean, I, I, have, I have hope. I have uh, um I am. I'm at peace for yeah. the most part. I'm just trying to figure things out like everybody else, and uh, and I really, I really like where I am in the large scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I'm a step ahead of a lot of people because I kind of know my issues. At yeah. Least, I, at least yeah. I, I, at least I think I know what I don't know. Right. You know. So so it it it, it helps me to kind of target where I need to spend time and energy and now it's about just being courageous enough to do it you know what do you think about the atmosphere in this town right now 
Uh, there's still people recovering from the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still people that are worried kind of in the background running like a virus program. They're concerned about the division in our community, amongst yeah. race or yep. political division or yep. whatever it might be. Um, it's never you, been this bad. You kind of, It's never been this bad. You kind of sense it. You yeah. know, uh, you don't talk about it with everybody, but right. you do kind of sense it. Um, you know, my perspective has been, though, I look around Baton Rouge. I was in, where was I? I think it was in like Sam's Club or something the other day. Yeah. And I just stopped. I was in the little near the produce area. And I stopped and I looked around and I said, there are Asians, African-Americans. Oh, yeah. There are pink and yellow people. <laughs> right. That, this is the most diverse looking place yeah. that, that I mean, I haven't been a lot of places, mm-hmm. but I've been to a few. And I was just like, what are we all upset about? See, that's the you thing, know? though. I think it's like that in a lot of places. Yeah. I, it just, if people keep telling you how bad things are, you never stop to think about it you just assume you know things must be as must bad be as you say and bad. while there is work to be done the majority of the people in this town the overwhelming majority of people in this town are not interested in hurting anybody else they're just living their life every day you know Absolutely. trying to survive trying to move ahead and we spend more time talking about the minority of people who are troublemakers mm-hmm. and it just creates this hopelessness i believe and then there's the rhetoric yeah. Which all, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the attention or however that saying goes. Yeah. Um, just it, that's what's bad right now. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm in a tune out factor with lots of news products. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to limit time on social media. Yeah. Just get angry. Facebook you know? is the man. There's hardly anything good that comes with it. One of the great tools now is you can unfollow someone. In sure. other words, you sure. take them off the timeline and they don't even know they've been muted. Yeah. So you don't have to deal with that foolishness. Right. But right. I don't understand why people feel the need to just run to social media to tear each other down. Why? How about a conversation one on one? You know, I, I think uh, and I, I'll confess, I used to I used to get into social media conversations and arguments and things like that. And I, I usually I, I never really got emotional. I don't right. think I mean, I may have felt emotion. And processed it, and then I tried to be very judicious about what I would post. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm sure I alienated some people with my opinion, but I, I have uh, just kind of stopped doing that because yeah. I don't think it's that productive. I don't think I'm going to change somebody's mind with a back and forth mm-hmm. on social media. Um, I mean, I, I remember throwing out. I, I, I'm famous for throwing out questions right. and just leaving it there for right. people to comment That's on, right. and that you know heat stirs up. And it's your radio guy. I, had, stuff I know coming it out is. There. It's my talk show guy. Um, and, and we had you know 182 comments on right. a thread, and, yeah. and and you know half of the people are you know, and so I'll you know, people start dropping you know profanity and stuff yeah. like that, and I'm like, no, nah, okay, we're cutting this off or whatever. It's just not productive. Um, what I do find is productive though. And harder to do is, you know, I imagine what if what if what if the two people are arguing? What if you're in the same room together? It would be different. And looking at each other's eyes. It would be different. I think so. And so I try to think about that. I, I, I look at a photograph of whomever I'm talking to. I go and look at her profile. I'm like, OK, this is James. James mm-hmm. is James is a human being and he's got feelings and he's got, you know, friends, family right. or whatever it is. Um, this is not about James, mm-hmm. you know, this is about an issue. And if we can have good, good dialogue and, and enlighten each other a little bit, that's great. Um, if we can't, that's okay too. We just move on. And so that's, what do you do? When did it become, if we disagree, you're my enemy? Really? No <laughs> because that's what happens in society now. No if, if people don't agree, we're enemies. What happened to just disagreeing on a subject? It's like, okay, well, you know, we don't necessarily see that the same way, mm-hmm. but being okay with the fact that we disagree. I'm not bothered if people don't agree with everything I think, everything I say. It, it, you know, it is what it is. I actually, Dr. King said, a genuine leader is not a seeker of consensus, but a molder of consensus. Oh, I love that. That's and good. so... I think when you are seeking approval on a position as opposed to stating a position, you're more likely to be offended when people tell you, oh, I did. and so understanding where you stand and sometimes you don't know. And so you can listen to a debate and in the midst of people arguing, you can figure, you know, 
I think I agree with this side or that side. The monolithic political view to me is destructive. Mm -hmm. If you are a Republican, you can only think one way. You can only have one line of politics, one line of ideology. If you're liberal, the same thing. And I don't think most people are wired that way, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, And if they were honest, excuse me, if they were honest, I think that they would say, you know, you know, like, for example, myself, I'm conservative. Right. But there are a lot of things about the conservative movement, if you will, that I'm, I'm not necessarily on board with. Right. You know, I, 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 I don't I don't buy into the 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 narrative and the meme just hook, line and sinker. I'm and you know what it takes? It takes time and it takes maturity mm-hmm. and reading and investigating on your own. And, uh, you know, a lot of self-examination to come up and formulate your own opinions and be willing to defend those opinions. Yeah. Even if you're the only person in the room that believes that, if you truly believe it, then you're going to walk away being able to sleep at night better um, if you stand for, you know, what you truly believe instead of going or something. I mean, you have had people work for you, I'm sure, in in times where they may not have agreed with something you wanted done. Oh, my God. But you knew why you wanted it done. Mm -hmm. And in the end, that has to be the law. It's not good guy, bad guy. It's not. It's it's not, you know, you're bad because you disagree or I'm bad because I want to do it a way differently than you think. It's just the way it is. But we now I mean, man, fist fights over policy. Yeah. Fist fights over tweets and headlines. And it's second grade. It it really is. And, And, you know, Clay, here's what here's what this is what I think is happening and this may be a little far out and we can go a different direction in the conversation because this will keep us here for a week. <laughs> I believe that America is in an identity crisis. I believe so. And we're still trying to figure out who we are yep. as a nation. Yep. And the beauty of America is that you cannot corner us into one thing. You cannot. And that's the grand experiment that we're all a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the whole idea of, you know, we're in, the, in national conversations now about gender identity, sexual identity. You know, the whole idea of identity is a major issue, as it should be. Mm-hmm. But the questions are the wrong questions. Yeah. You know, it's not what gender do you identify as or what sexuality or sexual preference do I identify, uh, do I identify or even, you know, what political platform do I most identify with? I yeah. mean, you hear that language yeah. all the time. And yeah. I think the language betrays the true meaning um i i think people don't know who they are i agree I think, I think i think we've lost a sense of self in the way that we bring up our kids and we've we've forsaken the sense of personal identity mm-hmm. who am i where did i come from where am i going mm-hmm. you know we, we don't have those conversations anymore we now have conversations about um what i can get <laughs> or how i can be first or here's how to compete, here's how to win, or it's, and even that has changed into you win by being a part of the group, not being an individual, which, which I think is just as acidic. It's, it is acidic and it doesn't work for me. Um, it just doesn't work for me. I mean, you and I both work in very public industries and and you have been a broadcaster. I've been a broadcaster, but I have, I just have never been comfortable with the crowd thing. And when I tell people that, it just doesn't make sense because, you know, 21 years of being around media, TV, radio, the whole thing and doing advertising. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's what I do. That's not who I am. Yeah. And and I think that the group think has become so toxic Mm -hmm. to where now there there have been categories for people and then categories for politics and now categories for racists, categories for movements. And now you've got all of these different things that are happening. And like you said, we don't know who the hell we are. Right. How about just saying, I'm not going to be a douchebag. And if everybody in a room says, I'm not going to be a douchebag, I'm not going to mistreat people. And then if, if, if 50 people in a room all agree to that, guess what? No one gets mistreated. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> See, I, I, I live by Micah 6.8. In, in the scriptures, mm-hmm. Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you, O man, but to mm-hmm. do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. And that applies in every situation. Yeah. So I don't have to agree with you to do justice. Right. To love mercy. 
or to walk humbly. I don't have to agree. I don't even have to be comfortable in the room. But those are the things that those are those are some pretty good guidelines. You know, I, and, and this may be a, a, again a, a conversation for another time. But um, I struggle with with love and righteousness. How so? Well, the common the commonly accepted uh, thought is. Uh, love is everything love wins you know love is it's all about love love is hard but what about sometimes what about righteousness yeah what about you know i learned a long time ago that you know sometimes it's better to just you know get along than try to be right you know um being right at any cost is is destructive it Mm -hmm. can be destructive i can be right until my grave and have no friends and have no love in my life and just try to force my way in and, and convince people that I'm right. Right. Or I can be humble, mm-hmm. you know, as I described earlier, and I can accept the fact that others won't agree with me. Right. And be confident and comfortable in my own identity. Right. And and just say, look, um, you know, I I am going to reach out to others and be humble. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, it doesn't mean I have to change what I believe, but no. it, it means I can coexist that way. So that's on one end of it. The other end of it is how can you have justice without righteousness? How can you have real, how can you have a real connection with people unless you, because we all live in a system that's predetermined. Mm-hmm. The laws have been established mm-hmm. and some, certain things are right. Certain things are wrong. That's not a cultural, very popular meme in our culture that, right. you know, there are absolutes in our culture. Right. I personally believe that some things are always right. And some things are always wrong. Agreed. And I think that when you stand for righteousness, that there is reward for that. And of course, I'm I'm bringing in the eternal here, and and not just the temporal. But that's just my perspective. That's my philosophy of life, and it motivates what I do. But it often causes conflict because yeah. I think about I think about you know, I think I posted this on social media once. There can be no justice without righteousness. You cannot have justice unless somebody is right. You can have some semblance of what seems to be fair. Mm-hmm. But you cannot have justice until you have until the truth comes out. The truth is not relative in every situation. No, there are absolutes. Yeah. And I think we've got we've gotten away from that. And so we've lost our moral compass. And when we look at the world and try to get our identity from it, then we're reflecting back uh, this uh, this spectrum of ideology. Yeah. We can't. We, it's like choose today. You know, choose, today I'm going to choose this. Tomorrow I choose that. Mm-hmm. We're confused. So I, yeah. I said a mouthful there. No, no, I'm not no. Sure well, I can defend you, you, all of it. Well, it's it, but it it goes back to the issue of being right, right? Yeah. If your position is something subjective, you like ribeye, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you like prime rib. I, I like prime rib, mm-hmm. and well, prime rib is the is the best cut of beef. Well, ribeye is the best. And, and so we're arguing about, you know, who's right about this. And you can make a case about something so silly, which you could probably actually find those kinds of discussions that's going on around yeah. society. Right. Um, when really, when really the issue is, I prefer prime rib. You prefer ribeye. There is no right or wrong. I get to choose what's best for me. You get to choose what's best for you. And that's okay. And you know what's missing is a leader who comes in the door and says, hey, guys, this isn't an issue of who's right and who's wrong. This is an issue of preference, not absolute. There you go. Somebody came in to clarify the issue. <laughs> right. This is an issue of preference. It's okay that you like prime rib and you like steak. That's a good like segue, steak. brother. Don't you think? <laughs> that's a, wait a minute. Leadership. <laughs> that's We're missing leaders. Wait a minute. That is, I, that, that was, that was, you, you hit that Masterful. one right on the screws. Yeah. So, that leads me to one of the things that, and we're going to talk about the leadership conference, and and we are going to, but I but I want to take my time getting there because sure. leadership as a whole is, is a bigger thing, and not to make judgments because I don't think that there are any perfect leaders on the planet, because one of the uh, tasks of leadership is understanding you're not going to always get it right. Yeah, uh, so le- leadership leaders often study um, failure. And understand how to survive and learn from failure more than they do success. Good leaders do. So, mistakes. Put put these together for me in your philosophical mind here as we have coffee. 
Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I might need to get a. Well, we'll take a commercial <laughs> break and then come back and because we both got to get a refill That's right. here. That's right. I got to calibrate that machine a little better. So leadership. Someone's asking David Day. How does conviction work with leadership in a way that doesn't look like the leader says, I'm always right, you're always wrong? Does that make sense as a question? Because in business, you have the kind of leader who rules by iron fist, you know, Fiat, the whole thing. They, they. It's I'm right because I'm in charge. I've got the title, so that means I'm right, mm-hmm. which is asinine. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Reminds but me I, of a politician that recently ascended to office. So, so how do those two things? If you're saying to someone, how do they work together? How would you explain it? Now, you didn't know this was coming, so this was high heat. So, if I understand the question. Um, I think there are different types of leaders. Okay. I think there are different leadership styles. Okay. What you're describing is sort of an autocratic style of leadership. You which, know, the, which you run into now a, a lot. lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot. I mean, there, there are a lot of people who are, it's my way or the highway. Right. This is the way I'm building it, and right. I want you to get on board and do it this way. And I'm hiring you to do a thing. Right. Um, there's another type of leadership that I think is, for many companies, more effective, which is uh, kind of a purpose-driven leadership style Um, we're all aiming toward a common goal Mm -hmm. and me and myself as a leader my job is not to meet the goal with the assistance of my employees or my team Mm -hmm. my job is to empower them to lead and to make and to meet the goals for us together but any organization has to have leadership you know I, i believe that that true leadership is is uh servant leadership Right. Uh, true leadership is the kind of the, the, the leader that says, I'm going to do everything I can to give you all the tools that you need, including child care if you need it. Yeah. Um, within reason, of yeah, course. Sure. You, know, you can't break the bank and, right. and run the company into the ground. I'm going to give you all the tools that you need that a, a professional like you, a skilled professional that I've hired mm-hmm. and that I have weighed and measured and found you uh, to be skilled and, and, and quality. I'm going to give you all the tools you need to make this happen. And I'm going to hold you accountable for that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to agree in advance that that's what we're doing. And we're right. going to have that conversation. And I'm going to say, this is the goal. This is where we're going. I, I, feel, I sense we share a purpose in this. I'm going to empower you to do that. I'm going to give you my authority to move forward in certain areas mm-hmm. as predetermined and defined. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to charge you with the task of moving forward. And I'm going to hold you accountable for that. In other words, and you're empowering them. I'm empowering them. And I, I think, you know, that's a, you know, it's a 30-year-old business buzzword. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, you could call it whatever you want. But, um, you know, the team approach or, um, you know, uh, I've forgotten the, the terminology. Um, Hard to keep uh, up with. Just, just, it's, there's a lot of stuff out there. But uh, just having, a, um, having an autocratic style is kind of on its way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in at least in America, society is different now. It, it really is. You have uh, it, it. I'll tell you what. It doesn't work with the younger generation. The millennials come in, come in, and they just really are not into the baby boomer style of uh, you know. You got the CEO, and 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 they're dictating how everybody and they works. They shut down. And, yeah, they do. They do, they resist. They they don't they don't enjoy their work. They go to try to find something else. Now you can swing in the opposite direction, and we can start placating our employees and yeah. trying to make it a you know, a playground out there and, and, um, and we just, we don't show any progress and mm-hmm. we're not having any impact. Right. Uh, I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a combination. So that's, that's why I've been involved in, in becoming an executive leadership coach and learning more about that style and how to help my clients to understand and develop stronger, not just leadership skills personally, but how to infuse that into the culture of their companies. How do you, what's the most effective way? I tell you what, we will take a break here and I want to come back and ask you about dealing with millennials. Yeah. Because as time goes by, more and more of them are entering the workforce as college graduates or people in some service industry. Yeah. And you, you can't avoid it. It is the case. The boomers are starting to move on to the next stage, sure. and these kids are becoming the people you deal with right. as uh, professionals or, again, as hired uh, employees at a place. So what's the most effective way to, to, to get them motivated? We'll come back and talk more with David about that. Right now, we're going to go on a coffee run. 
I love it. <laughs> Let's I love do it. it. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com iTunes and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, let's talk about people out there who may be taking Social Security too early. Brings me back to someone I helped at the bank a long time ago. He was in the banking business for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, then he joined the family business. If you can see my fingers, the family business. <laughs> Quotation marks. Yeah, exactly. So I thought he knew everything about financial planning, uh, but made a lot of money mm-hmm. in the family business and caused me extremely upset one day. What do you mean I'm paying taxes on my Social Security benefit? He was being penalized on Social Security benefit. So by taking it at 62, uh, I said, you've been in banking for 30 years. You knew that. He forgot. Uh, so you can't be upset at me. Don't shoot the messenger. Yes, if you take Social Security at 62 and you make a good income, you could be penalized. Wow. So let's find a way to get more money out of Social Security. Do you want more money out of Social Security? Give me a call. We'll tell you when to take it. 62, 66, wait till 70. Maximize your Social Security. Give me a call today. Look him up online at brianlowfinancial.com. That's brianlowfinancial.com. This is The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Back with David Day, uh, Cups, now Buxom with coffee, and uh, we're ready to... Buxom. We're ready oh, to love it. Yeah, whip that one that out word. of that. And here yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. So, millennials. Yeah, millennials. Uh, gosh, I love the millennial generation. Um, Do you really? I'm 52. You so said I'm, that with I'm a straight very, face. I did. I, I'm on the very tail end of the boomer generation. Yeah. And so I think I act a lot like a boomer and think a lot like an Xer, you know? Yeah. I, I have a lot of, you know, I think I'm somebody I'm not, but I'm really, I'm really a boomer. But I think sometimes more that I, I, I want to be more in the younger crowd, you know, the Generation X. So uh, it, it's interesting to me. I, I can be somewhat flexible. My personality is to be flex. And, and um, although my 17-year-old daughters would tell me that I'm totally not cool, um, most <laughs> of the people. As I, they generally would yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, But their friends would say, you have the coolest dad, you know, um, because I, I just I enjoy I just enjoy youth. I enjoy young people. I enjoy the energy. I enjoy the innocence. I enjoy the ignorance sometimes, um, although it's somewhat frustrating. Um, Millennials uh, are an enigma to me. Yeah. They have this incredible sense of groupthink that I have never seen in any other people group. Yeah. But they also have a sense of self or maybe even selfishness that betrays them mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and I think uh, I, the, the, on the positive end, I see so much heart and giving and understanding. And, and it's not all about the money. It's not all about the success or the yeah. fame. or It's not all about it. They think multidimensional very yeah. quickly. And yeah. I think a lot of that is the technological, the technology that they grew up with. They're just native to. They're tethered uh, together. Yeah. They are tethered together, and they they think that way. Whenever they vote, whenever mm-hmm. they um, come up with solutions, they automatically think about other opinions mm-hmm. and ideas, mm-hmm. and and that goes back to some of our earlier thing. I think they're a little confused about their own identity. I think they're getting messaging from so many sources they don't know how to sort through it. It's like you know, show me a spectrum and ask me what color it is. Well, <laughs> what angle are you looking at it from? <laughs> right. There's a lot of different colors in the spectrum, so. I think there's a lot of confusion there, but um, I, I'm, I really enjoy working with the millennial crowd. Taylor Kirkus works for me, and he's 24. Um, he's two, a, year, a year out of college, a year and a half out of college. He's brilliant digitally. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he can pick up anything and learn it. Here, here's probably the thing that I love the most about millennials. They're almost fearless with something new. No question. They're almost fearless. They no don't question. mind learning something new. You tell no them, question. look, can you build a website? No, but I can learn. Yep. And they're not phased by it a bit. Uh, you know, hey, do you know how to, uh, you know how to uh, 
you know, interpret Google AdWords. Well, I never have before, but I think I can learn it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm sure I can just Google it, you know. Um, whatever, whatever. It, it, in my generation, yeah. it was like, well, uh, that's really not my thing. Yeah. And we would just stay, say straight up, it's yeah. not my thing. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be good at that. And I spent a lot of time trying to be an expert in this. Right. So I don't have time to be an expert in that. But the millennial generation knows that they have more resources, more support. No question. More more friends that they can call and ask mm -hmm. than ever before. They have taken multitasking to uh, another level. I mean, you remember the old saying we had jack of all trades, master of none. Yep. And now they are jacks of all trades, masters of most mm -hmm. because of the the I said to a group and people looked at me crazy when I said it uh, that millennials have the potential to be the most impactful and possibly greatest generations of Americans to have ever existed yeah. in the country. Yeah. And I said it isn't as much because of character in as much as it's because of information. Interesting. They have access to knowledge in so many different ways now. Mm -hmm. And you and I know that knowledge can often be the fuel of hope. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And you can you you your dream. It, it lets your dream is to do something, mm -hmm. and so you attempt to acquire the knowledge so that you can ply your trade at this thing that you know you are meant to do. Because it isn't real until you learn how to do it. Yeah. I am meant to be um, an architect. I'm meant to be the 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 greatest surgeon. I'm meant to be this. It isn't real until you have the knowledge to actually go do it. Yeah. And yeah. these kids can get it faster and and less expensive. Like my kids don't know what an encyclopedia is. Right. They yeah. know what Google is. Sure. And these kids, many of they're, they're becoming millionaires younger. Yeah. They're becoming entrepreneurs of stature and status younger. Right. They're philanthropists younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're doing everything now. Things that people get into their 40s and 50s and you move into the area where you can give back more. You've got more time to do it now. Well, Zuckerberg, is, is Zuckerberg 30 yet? I think so. Okay. Think so, so, but when he started Facebook and really hit it as a billionaire, he was what, 25, 26? Yeah, yeah, he was right out of college or just, just on, the, on the back end of college. And yeah. you see 24. more of those kinds of stories, and I think it's impressive. I enjoy seeing it. I admire it. And they excite me, those who are able to do that. The other side of it is they're more destructive Yeah. in so many more ways now. Yeah. Because of the because of the, the the ways that the avenues of communication when they because mess of up, how they mess tied up together big. they are. I mean, when you've got kids committing suicide on Facebook Live. Oh wow, that actually happens. That did. Wow, that's 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 something else. That's just that's unprecedented, scary. It's wow. just because I also think for many of them, and I can't say this as an absolute or that I've met every millennial, but I often find that many of them, we've all been young and wanted validation. Yeah. But for them, it's, it's, it's different. I need, I saw a news piece about millennials and the number of likes on a post. Like for them, if they, if they get less than a certain number of likes, yeah. they start to, you know, look at themselves and it's reflective of their value. Yeah. 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 I've seen, uh even my own daughters, they'll talk about, you know, something they posted on Instagram or whatever, and they get so many likes and their goal is to get, you know, 200 likes on this. And I'm thinking, boy, that's, isn't there something more worthy of your time to, to think about? It's a new world. And, um, I'm thinking, wow, that's the measure of popularity. You know, I, I hope not, but I think that is it's a, coming like a said, it's a new world. It's, it's, uh, you know, how, and, and the danger of it to me is it's false relationships. Oh, yeah. The social media oh, thing yeah. is just all like we talked about earlier. You can argue on social media but and say things to people you wouldn't say face to face. Right. Keyboard cowboys, I call them. Keyboard cowboys. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. People who would say things to you that they'd never say if they were facing you. And I, I don't argue with people that way because I and sometimes you watch the things that people say and... You know, I said I said this to a buddy of mine that sometimes Facebook is akin 
to being the only sober person at a party full of drunk people. Uh, yeah, well, that, that makes sense. Because they don't realize how it looks or how it sounds, and they're all just in, sloshed up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting back going, where are my keys? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Time for me to, to leave. You know, let me take about eight of them with me so they don't kill a bunch of people on the way home. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about this thing that you're doing in May. Yeah. I, as long as I've known you, you've been someone who has been tied to things that are positive and that are about building people. That's it. Uh, it. And it is it is kind of an avocation. You kind of need to be invested in that to do it well. And, and you have. And on May 5th uh, at the Brown Holt Auditorium here in Baton Rouge uh, at the Dunham School. Yeah, it's on the campus at the Dunham School. And uh, it is LeaderCast. So for okay. people listening to the show today and you're wondering, okay, what's LeaderCast? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what LeaderCast is, and then we will work our way around to the lineup that you have. Yeah, um, LeaderCast uh, is they describe the the um, the creators of LeaderCast, and we're doing it here in Baton Rouge as one of many locations throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but LeaderCast is um, the largest live one day leadership conference in the world. Okay, which is kind of impressive when you think about it. Yeah, it's one day, May the fifth, mm-hmm. twenty seventeen. Um, And it's broadcast live from Atlanta, Georgia, via satellite into Baton Rouge and probably 250 other cities around around the world. Right. We bought the rights in Baton Rouge to host it here at the Brown Holt Auditorium. Uh, It's not a Dunham School production, but the Dunham School has a beautiful auditorium that we can use. And it is, uh, you know, state of the art facilities, very comfortable, holds 600 people. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice room out front for, you know, visiting. It's got a nice air conditioned gymnasium for lunchtime and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get into some of those details, but it is a conference where we can come and, and have exposure and inspiration and information from some of the world's most prestigious and uh, influential leaders um, that you that you probably would never have access to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do in Atlanta is they have a live stage. I've forgotten the name of the big arena in Atlanta where the basketball team plays and the Hawks play. I think I think that's where it is. It's, yeah, it's a, uh, Phillips Arena. Is it Phillips Arena? Yeah. Okay, so it's fifteen twenty thousand people live, mm-hmm. but it's satellite broadcast outward. But on stage comes these main speakers. It's going to be hosted by Trip Crosby of Trip and Tyler, the online YouTube yeah. comedian. Yeah. He's a great host. He's done it for several years. He's a wonderful host. He's a lot of fun. Um, And he'll bring on people on stage, and they'll deliver, you know, a 20-minute, 30-minute talk on a particular topic. This year's year's theme and topic about leadership is powered by purpose. It's about leading with purpose, leadership on purpose, you know, purpose-driven leadership, if you will. And uh, so these leaders will come on, and they'll share their perspective on that. They may tell a story. They may have a, a lesson. They may kind of do a little outline or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are world-class leaders. I mean, these are people like um, Andy Stanley. Yeah. Uh, you've uh, heard of Andy Stanley. He'll be there. Um, Tyler Perry. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, everything Tyler Perry does just about. Um, even the, the, the suspense thriller that he did uh, I thought was really pretty what cool. What suspense thriller? The movie that he did. Um, oh, uh, when he was Adam the, Cross. Uh, yeah, yeah. Based Alex, upon the book. Alex, Alex Cross. Cross yeah. Based upon the those Alex Cross um, stuff. Yeah. The books, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did that movie. I don't think the movie did that well, but I really enjoyed it. I well, he it was, was following Morgan Freeman, who had played that character. Oh, that's I mean, right. Well, along comes a spider, or whatever right. it was, yeah, or so. seven or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, uh, Tyler Perry, and what? How timely is that? Tyler Perry coming yeah. into town, telling us his story, yeah, um, about powered by purpose. Sure. You know, he's got a great story. He if used you've to never sleep heard in his car. Yeah, he's from New Orleans. From New Orleans, yeah. and he almost shut down his first production yep. because nobody was coming. Yep, and he did what you and I probably would have advised: go ahead and advertise it. Mm-hmm. He started put flyers out and everything, saying last week. That's a whole other podcast that's, that's coming to people online came in and droves yeah. Yeah. and saved yeah. his show. Yeah. And now he's, uh, you know, now you, you can't hardly get in. Susie Welch, the wife of Jack Welch, mm-hmm. um, with the, uh, the the institute that Jack Welch started. I mentioned Andy Stanley, Daniel Pink, behavioral science expert, best-selling author, a whole new mind, you yeah. know, Daniel Pink. What a incredible thought leader. Mm-hmm. This guy, um, he's, he's really helped to formulate a lot of how our modern education system works. Yeah. Um, his, his, his writings um, are, and, and, and his consulting that he's done is, is really important in American society. Dr. Henry Cloud, who can forget the book Boundaries? Yeah. 
I mean, a staple for any therapist. Wow. They're going to read Boundaries, and then there are several different versions and, and sequels after that. Dr. Henry Cloud, he's such a clear thinker. He's such a great... It's funny. His name is Cloud, but he's a clear thinker. <laughs> so, um, but he's a... He's a and, and, and very humorous, too. Right. He's, he's a very humorous speaker. Jim McKelvey, you, you know those things that, uh, that you plug into your iPhone or your iPad and you swipe? Yeah. And it calc- the, uh, the square. Cube, the square. Yeah. He invented that. Really? That's him. And he's going to tell his story about how purpose, what the purpose was behind that and how he developed that whole That's system. good stuff, man. And that's going to be fun. Uh, Jess Ekstrom is on the list. She's a motivational speaker and entrepreneur. She invented this headbands for hope thing. Um, I'd never heard of it, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. They, they, always have, they always have somebody in here that is uh, like a you-can-do-this-too kind yeah, of a person. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Don Miller, author, speaker, marketing expert, you know, those marketing guys, you know. Well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, has come up with some super <laughs> campaigns uh, that many of which you've seen, and I can't actually recall them at this very moment. <laughs> um, but those are just a few. Molly Fletcher is in there. She's a top sports agent and author. Um, she has negotiated deals for some of the greatest athletes we've ever known, um, and she is going to talk about um, the inside track on um, big money. The art of the deal, pardon the pun. Yeah, there you go. That's right. So those are some of the speakers. I and mean, some of the ones in the past have been like Peyton Manning, Bishop Desmond Tutu, yeah. Condoleezza Rice, Laura yeah. Bush, yeah. Um, you know, Bill yeah, McDermott. I saw the list. Uh, yeah. It's a great list of people. Simon Sinek was there. Wozniak uh, did it before Steve Wozniak. Wozniak the Woz. Rudy Giuliani. Oof, um, man. We've got, we've had Soledad O'Brien, um, you know, there, Seth Godin. I mean, really. These are wow. big name speakers. These are people that you're not going to be able to just, hey, let's go see so-and-so speak. And here's a cool thing. It's in an auditorium in Baton Rouge. Starts at 8, ends at 3. Mm-hmm. Cost 89 bucks a person. Wow. Or if you want to bring 10 people, you can have, uh, I'll give you all 10 tickets for 750 bucks. 90 so bucks for access to all of that? Wow. And you get, you get, we'll feed you breakfast. We'll give you snacks. And there's food. We'll give you lunch. And we'll give you all your materials. And you'll be out of there by 3, 3.30. And well done. It's for a time-starved business or community leader. Yeah, this is a great way to come in, get uh, get some exposure and get some insights, and then after the after the session, you can log into LeaderCast and you can join some of their things if you want to do it. They can provide more in-depth information mm-hmm. on some of these topics and more resources that you can exercise and use in your office or, or whatever you'd like to do. Well, where can people search for this right now? There's a couple of different places you can go to find information and sign up, buy tickets or whatever. But um, Facebook, we're at LeaderCast Greater Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. LeaderCast Greater Baton Rouge on Facebook. But LeaderCastBR.com is the website. LeaderCastBR.com. And that is a great place to go to to kind of get a synopsis and see who the speakers are and right. read their bios. Right. And, um, look at all the things that I just said that are not actually correct. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what I can remember. Um, and then uh, and, and, and buy tickets right there at leadercastbr.com. Here's the cool thing. The money is all local. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, of course, we paid a licensing fee to Leadercast. Sure. But we're keeping the money here in Baton Rouge. You know, we're, we're, it's, it's, we're not really trying to be, uh, you know, to make money per se. My heart and my effort is as a leadership coach and as a marketing, mm-hmm. uh, quote, expert, um, I love the idea of incorporating purpose mm-hmm. into what we do. Right. I sat with a client just last week, and actually, uh, their their employees. I, I I interviewed them in groups, in small groups of employees. We're kind of doing some culture development, and I was talking to the employees. I was trying to get their feedback and trying to identify what they how they think about the company culture, and um, we were we were kind of discussing um, you know what happens when nobody's looking, kind of a thing, and I asked them why do people here why do why do people come to work every day and they looked at me like i was crazy and i said you know no really i mean what you know just let's just throw it out there no wrong answers why do you come to work well for the paycheck i get in trouble if i don't yes that's right what else why do people enjoy their work you know why would you if you enjoyed your work why would you well because the people around me you know they're okay that's good you know so the environment and all this kind of thing why think about the best job you could ever have why, 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 what makes it the best job? You know, whether it's this company or someplace else, what makes it the best? Because I'm doing something that lasts is what I kept getting back. I'm doing something that has meaning. I'm okay. doing something that's more Purpose. than just a paycheck. Purpose. Yeah. And this whole conference this year is powered by purpose. You know, uh, companies that are more successful 
the most successful companies lead and, and run on purpose. There's this quote that LeaderCast likes to, like, or this uh, statistic, I guess. Companies with ideals of improving people's lives at the center of all they do outperform other companies by 400%. Purpose. I okay. agree with that. Um, more than 70% of people consider an organization's environmental and or social impact when deciding where they work. 70%. It's not just what's the job, it's what kind of impact do you have, uh -huh. you know, uh, positive or negative. Employees that feel they are working towards a good cause show increased productivity by up to 30%. You know, I mean, that's, that stands to reason. But there's a fact and, and, and some data to support that. People who are able to make a social or environmental impact on the job are more likely satisfied by a two-to-one ratio. So what does that tell me? That tells me that if I'm an influencer, owner, director, leader, manager in a company, or even just an employee in a, in a company, then if my company has no purpose, how's it going? Right. How's it going? But if you're a part of a business, uh, a company that seems to have a purpose and is really driven by a cause mm -hmm. uh, that, that's more than just paycheck, um, you're more likely to have success as a business, as a company. You're more likely to propel employees forward and, mm -hmm. and, and develop them, and, and you're more likely to be happier as an employee yourself. So I would ask every business leader out there that's listening to us, what is your company's purpose beyond the paycheck? What is the purpose? Why do you exist? What's going on here? You know, the Simon Sinek, you know, you know, start with why. Right. Why are you doing this? And do your employees know it? That's what I found in that, in that meeting is that I don't think that there's a connection between why the owners began this business and what they're trying to do and what the employees feel like when they get there every day. Maybe there should be. If there's a connection there and everybody's working toward that same purpose, then you're going to increase productivity. Everybody's right. going to be happier and profitable. Man, that's good. And, you know, for, for both of us who work in advertising, branding, marketing, the whole thing, and I know, I know you feel the same way, you like helping people win. Yeah. I, th that's the most addictive thing about this business. It's, it's headache-inducing at times for various reasons, but when someone is winning and you've helped them bring their dream to another level, right. that's the part of this that's most exciting. You know, I don't know any marketing executive worth their salt who wants to just take a check, but what they're doing isn't helping the client win. First of all, that's, that's a relationship on life support. Yeah. And right. it's, you didn't do what you were there to do. That's exactly right. And our, our services are so often, it's, it's discretionary. <laughs> People, yeah. it really shouldn't be because advertising, what it, it, it pays, it doesn't cost, yeah. you know, right. but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, and I'm sure you've had those moments where someone's called you and said, man, we achieved this and we're so happy. The only thing we did differently was advertise or, you know, we, we changed our branding and yeah. it's tied to you. Right. And it's, it's just one of those things, but you're right. Having purpose. Cause I, I can assume the same thing for people who are trainers who work yeah. with someone and, yeah. you know, and they reach their goals mm -hmm. and you see them reach their goals and it's addictive. Sure. So, yeah, I, I, I um, the thing that motivates me the most is um, helping companies become really great companies. Yeah. And then advertising becomes very easy. That's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. Hey, I need a new commercial. Hey, I want to do some TV. Why? Right. Well, because I want to increase my sales. I want to get, you know, obviously, I, you know, we're, we're, you know, we think we're going to have a good year. We want to increase our sales. So we've allocated some budget. Why? Mm hmm what do you mean? Well, why do you want to increase your sales? Well, because we can get more money that way. Well, why do you need more money? Uh, nobody's ever asked me that before. Well, I am. I'm asking. Let's, let's talk about that. Well, it makes you kind of uncomfortable. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable, but I'm going from first before I become the advertising agent. Let me help. Let me coach you a little bit because if you don't know what your purpose is, right. then you're going to get exhausted at the right. end and right. you're going to be unwilling to fulfill your Absolutely. own vision. Absolutely. And so let's, let's determine what that is now. What are you after? Mm -hmm. Is it quality of life? Mm -hmm. Do you want to retire early and buy a place in Tuscany? What, what, what's the deal? What's, the, nice. what's your goal? You know? um, and for me, I really feel self-actualized when people tell me 
you help me figure out not just how to advertise, mm-hmm. but you help me figure out what I'm good at. Right. And you help me do it more often. And I don't feel like I'm working. Right. There was a guy that came to me and his business was 20 years old and just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And he'd never really wanted to advertise, um, didn't make much money, um, was working on almost a purely cash basis. Um, and he basically said, I'm, I'm tired. I, I don't think I can do this much longer. And I don't know what to do. I actually had him give me a quote on a project. And uh, we got into that conversation. And I said, hey, I tell you what. Why don't you do this work for me and I'll do and I have this thing called the marketing coach program. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're just going to it's different for everybody. It's it's a personalized program. Why don't you just come into my office once a week and let's talk. And, um, you know, we did the math and it worked out to a nice little trade. I want you to know that within a year and a half, he had doubled his revenue and cut his own personal time in his company in half. Mm hmm. And three years later, he sold the company, made a huge profit, and moved to Birmingham to be with his grandkids. Wow. His wife, he and his wife sold his car. And he went to, and he's, he's loving life. I just got an email from him the other day saying, you know, I love where I am in my yeah. life. And thank you so much for all the help that you did to help me to get this place, get to this place. Now, I'm not going to take credit for it. Sure. He did the work. Yeah. I just coached him. Right. I just said, I just asked the why questions and he figured it out. The light bulbs came on and he said, Oh, so I need to get out of the day to day and work on my business. Not so much in my business. Uh I need to find people to replace me that are good at what they do. I need to take a a risk because business is inherent with risk. Right. And he did, and he did it smartly. And, um, I think that's a, you know, that's one of my favorite stories uh, of, of what I do because right. the advertising then became very easy. And I, I, yeah. I, if, if people remember me for anything, they'll remember, remember me for this. If you build a great company, then to advertise, all you have to do is tell the truth. That's, and you never have to remember what you said. That's it. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Just all you got to do is tell them like it is. This is, this is what's really happening in our company because the inside reality of the company is yeah. real. It's good. It's yeah. working. It's yeah. attractive. Yeah. And it attracts customers to it. And when you advertise, it speeds that whole thing up. And all you have to do is tell the truth. You have to do it in a creative and compelling way because there's a lot of noise out there. And that's where you and I make a living. But if we can help companies become better companies, to live on purpose, to work with purpose, then the advertising part is much, much simpler. It's not easy, but it's simple. And the culture of a company helps when you're talking about advertising. Yeah. Because... Greatest form of advertising is still word of mouth. Yeah. It's, I call that PR. That's PR. It's, it's absolutely the best. And I was explaining the difference between a brand, branding and advertising to someone yesterday and how, you know, branding will take you farther because you think about some of the companies that have a brand and they advertise as a part of their method, but they have become synonymous. There's a documentary about, I don't know, a month ago I watched on Steve Jobs. Yeah. Who was fascinating in in the way that he was such a dichotomy. He was both beloved, but also seemed incapable of loving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He was a mean guy, but he, he understood the narcissistic tendencies of society. And his goal was to create his product as a status symbol. Hmm. So you weren't just buying a cell phone. You bought an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Yeah. I have an iPad. Right. Right. And so it was something people had to have because if you're anybody, you're using an iPad or an iPhone Mm -hmm. and look at what it's become. Yeah. And it was fascinating to watch his and he understood the way people thought. That's right. But culture wise, he was he was kind of a toxic guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A personality. He had some he had some issues that, you know, um, I've I've seen a little bit, read a little bit about him. Um, you know, I I think there are a lot of people out there that have uh, that can possibly and potentially have a huge impact. Sure. Um, even with their shortcomings. Um, well, I mean, nobody's we, perfect. We, nobody's perfect. <laughs> None of us are. And I think I think sometimes um, when we think about our own companies and our own leadership, we mm-hmm. think, well, I'm not really capable of doing that. I, yeah. I'm really not that guy. Well, do you really know that for sure? Because all it takes is a good system. Like Steve Jobs, he, he knew that he was appealing to 
a group of people who were ready to do something different mm -hmm. and think different came up and you know the whole idea of being the the underdog yeah and uh appealing to the uh, the counterculture of right. the day became the whole became the moniker right and here's what's interesting they're huge but they're still that counterculture no question icon. the they whole rage against the machine thing yeah and they use it so anyway, again, where can people learn more about LeaderCast? One more time. LeaderCastBR.com, the best, best thing to do. Go to the Facebook page and check out some of our videos. Some of them are on the uh, website as well. But the Facebook page at LeaderCast Greater Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. um, you just kind of type it in there on Facebook. Um, we've also got a Twitter uh, account, and we're tweeting things. And well, let's tell people where they can follow you on the social media. Follow me personally? Yeah. Uh, well, you could follow me. You could find me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think it's D. What is my what is my Twitter handle? Jeez, D day D day at D day at D day underscore. I think it is. I don't even. Know. We couldn't sound like older farts right now, man. Just I'm sorry. That's me. That's me. I. You know. I honestly. I. I just like I said. I've had to limit my time on social media lately. I'm just really focused more on leader. I wish you I could have seen day. his expression as he's rifling uh, through his mind. Through. What is that Twitter handle? What is my Twitter handle? I have about five. <laughs> I, I do some for are my you, kids' school. Are you, you trolling know? anyone do, on your do, social media accounts? Some, let me see my phone right here. But really, the best way to, the best way to find me is on Facebook. That, honestly. There you go. I'm on Facebook all Backslash the time. Backslash David Day. David Day. That's right. In Baton Rouge, I'm that guy. Uh, but I, I, uh, uh, you can call me. I can, you can do it the old-fashioned way. Two nine five zero one one one. Do the old-fashioned way. You can just give me a call. But um, I love this whole idea of powered by purpose. Yeah, I mean, this this just fits perfectly. So I, my challenge to anybody listening, if, if you're employed or if you're just a homemaker, mm -hmm. uh, think about what your purpose is. And couldn't you use a little help? And couldn't you use a little help from somebody that's been there and done that and mm -hmm. been very successful? Um, look, it costs 89 bucks and we'll take care of you. And it could be a lot of fun. We're going to have, by the way, we're going to have uh, in the middle of the day, we have a lunch break mm -hmm. and um, Mayor Broom's coming. And she's going to welcome us for lunch and have our, you know, our opening blessing for lunch. Sure. And um, I'm just thrilled that she's going to be there. And we're going to have what, what I call table time. It's an opportunity for you to sit at the table and reflect on some of the things that you've heard for the morning session. Mm -hmm. And you get to dialogue if you choose. You don't have to. But yeah. you get to dialogue with other people, other professionals that are at your table. Could be people you brought with you. Could be total strangers. Yeah. It's up to you. But um, I'll, I'll lead and facilitate that sure, time. Sure, That last year, uh, last time we did LeaderCast was two years ago, actually. That was the most uh, effective thing in the comments that I got. The feedback was the most effective thing. People were coming to me and writing to me and saying that was the most impactful thing and so valuable to yeah. have done that because yeah. they were able to take what they heard and apply it directly. And, and mingle with people that they, they had not known before. That's exactly right. Hey, I want to say, before, before we finish up, I want to okay. say thank you to a couple of my sponsors. Sure, go ahead. Baton Rouge Airport um, is a, uh, a, a gold sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, we couldn't do it without Baton Rouge Airport. Guarantee Broadcasting is our media Gordy. partner. Gordy Rush, he was all in, man. He's yeah. like, man, this is, I'm all over That's this. right up his alley, oh, too. Oh, my gosh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Capital South Wealth Management and Ryan Just Claire and the mm -hmm. crew over there, great people, Capital South Wealth Management, and uh, Rodell Parsons Law Firm. Okay. I want to say thanks to those guys uh, for supporting us. And more to come. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have some really good food, by the way. So if nothing yeah. else, 89 yeah. bucks, you get breakfast, snacks, lunch, great speakers, a lot of great information, and the materials that you need to take care of business afterwards so it's a tremendous day may the 5th that's right cinco de mayo yes yeah, cinco de mayo cinco de mayo on the campus of the dunham school and we're going to have another conversation before the event takes place and again if you want to know where you can get information it's leadercastbr.com leadercastbr.com it's worth your time perfect purpose takes effort Powered so, by purpose, baby. That's right. Powered by purpose. Thank you, Gosh, brother. look at this. I've got like 15 notifications on my Twitter account. That's how, I haven't checked it in forever. So. Really? 15 is a lot for me. Yeah. Do you remember, remember at D, what it is? At D-Day underscore. That's it. <laughs> there you that's go. That's me. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. 
This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Always enjoy talking to my buddy day to day. We'll get him back in here right before May 5th to talk about their event at the Dunham School and the Brown Holt Auditorium. Friday, May 5th, Tyler Perry is one of the speakers. Man, Susie Welsh, Daniel Pink, Molly Fletcher, sports agent. My goodness gracious. So it's a great opportunity for business people, and we look forward uh, to talking with David more about it. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening to us again, and I will see you next time here on The Clay Young Show. See ya. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.